So was it really a stupid question asked to James Franklin on Tuesday? Just throw it deep. Or was this Penn State reporter actually on to something about the offense? Let's talk to him about it. What is going on, Penn Staters? You are locked on Nittany Lines. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State Nittany Lines. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet just $5. All it is, $5 and get $200 and bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. And this is a very special episode given what has gone down since Tuesday's James Franklin press conference. Corey Geiger is our special guest on this episode. You can follow him on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, and keep up with his work as he's a beat reporter for the Penn State Nittany Lions over at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Corey, this I hope this episode is is informative, clears the air for a lot of people because everyone's seen the viral clip, but not exactly. I, I hope that more people are continuing to to read your thoughts and, and what question you were trying to ask. Corey, let's let's go right into that. The question that you were trying because I understood what you were trying to say. Maybe there was a there was clearly a miscommunication on James Franklin's end, and you did have a phone call with him, which we're gonna talk about in the final segment. But to open it up. Let's get it out in the open. What exactly were you trying to ask James Franklin? Because there are some concerns about this passing game, but it wasn't exactly, tra- it was translated in Japanese, remember? Zach, I appreciate you taking a, a chance to give me an opportunity here to talk about some of this stuff. Absolutely. It's been a crazy couple of days. I was basically just asking how much might a deep passing game open things up for the rest of your offense? So there, it took me about a second to ask that question. And uh, mm-hmm. look, I badly worded the question. It was, I, I've, I've tried to own it and fall on my sword. Uh, I've done this for 31 years. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we in this business take pride in the way we ask questions. I host a daily radio show as well. I, I usually yep. take a lot of pride in communicating and asking good questions. I asked a bad question. I do think that most people knew what I was getting at. And I do think that James Franklin probably knew what I was getting at, but I have to control what I can control and I should have worded it better. Here's the thing, Zach, if you give, if you ask a coach a certain question and and you don't do it exactly the way you want, then that coach is going to answer the question the way he hears it. And so, um, James Franklin dunked on me, and uh, uh, that, that made for quite a, an entertaining video clip. I myself laugh at it. I've seen it three mm-hmm. or four or 50 times, and uh, I chuckle at it every time as well, just like everybody else. Yeah, it, somehow it turned into just throw it deep. Uh, it seems to be that uh, Drew Aller has the arm to just throw it deep, but I think what James Franklin was understanding of this just recklessness, it's Dante Cephas, Keandre Lambert-Smith, send one of them downfield, chuck up the ball. And and I get that, but you look at other previous Penn State offenses in the James Franklin era, 
it seemed like there were plays like that to begin with. So I know that Coach Franklin turned it into a bit of a funny exchange, what was supposed to be a funny exchange because it turned very serious, and we'll cover that in the second segment. But Trace McSorley would throw it, ju- just throw it deep from time to time. Trust Mike Kosicki downfield and double, double coverage. Trust guys like Chris Godwin. I, it, in the Big Ten championship game, and now that was a different offense. That was Joe Moorhead. The, those play, the playbook, the system was a lot different, and you had a much different quarterback. Trace McSorley was a much different quarterback than what Drew Aller is. So it's not, I, I don't know that it is a foreign language to say that, hey, maybe the deep passing game and trusting your receivers downfield isn't such a bad idea. But I understand this. Like, yes, recklessly, you don't want to do that. But Sometimes you do got to give your receiver a chance. And again, if I would have worded it more succinctly, we probably could have had that discussion and avoided all this because I I will say this about James Franklin. I I have a lot of respect for James, the way he answers questions in press conferences. Okay. Um, He gets, he gets asked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of questions. And Mm -hmm. I've asked him hundreds of questions and he is really good at it. James Franklin is really good at press conferences. Um, he's been asked terrible questions before that are meandering and all over the place. And I will fully admit my question was not great, but I also will kind of fall back and say, I, if you know Penn State football, you know what I was talking about. It's not like I was speaking Japanese or that I'm from Mars. And so while I blew it, ultimately I've got to ask a better question. I've heard from literally hundreds of people over the past couple of days that say they knew exactly what I was saying and that he could have answered it that way. Right. Maybe given me the benefit of the doubt. He chose not to do that. Um, but clearly the 2016 Penn state team, you can go find the video. Uh, my perception of what Trace McSorley did sometimes was, Hey, I'm just going to fire it up and I'm going to give Chris Godwin a chance, you know, because they were any sensa- of them. Any yeah, of those guys. Were, that's right. They were they were sensational at that. Now, James or some Penn State folks might say, well, those were more calculated or those are different kinds of things than maybe what he thought I was alluding to. I never said chuck it up. I never said the word chuck, by the way, just to be clear, because I uh, a lot of people are throwing it kind of back at me. Why are you saying just chuck it up? I'm just saying in the NFL, and Drew Aller is going to be a top five pick, I think, in a couple of years. I think he'll be a number one pick, but yeah. He very well could be. He's going to be asked to do exactly what I just said the other day. You just throw it. I mean, that's now this is not the NFL. This is college. Mm-hmm. They're protecting the ball. They're not turning the ball over. Yep. But in the NFL, you see it literally in every game from every quarterback. I call it the Joe Flacco play. Joe Flacco's favorite, best throw was just throw it 70 yards down the field and hope for a pass interference because um, mm-hmm. that's the way it works in yep. the NFL. And so – my perception of look, I'm not breaking down the X's and O's of, of, of you know uh, route trees and things like that, and what's going through the quarterback's mind. But in general, the general feeling, the gist of it is, throw the ball, let your guy have a chance to make a play, because I do think that Drew has had chances to give guys a chance to make a play, and he hasn't thrown it. Yeah. What's what's lost in translation this week, Zach, is that how much and, and that's 
that's a very that's a much more complicated type of question and discussion that we're going to find out this year and next year and quite frankly in the NFL is he being ultra conservative on his own and not taking the shot if a guy's there maybe in a one-on-one for a 50-50 ball has mm-hmm. it been ingrained to him so much to not even risk it because your Protect defense the football. is they have zero correct. turnovers on offense zero. Yeah, he has no 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 turnovers, no interceptions in, in a year and a half. That's that's amazing. It's sensational. So how much has been ingrained in him to not throw it? And yet, it. Let me let me let me just point out real quick what I think is happening here. If you're not going to try to extend the field and show you're throwing it deep, defenses can play you a certain way. They can play you up closer. They can play a lot of man. They can put more people in the box to shut down your running game. The running game is down yard, yard and a half per carry this year between Nick and Catron. No explosive runs either. Mm-hmm. So to me, if you connect all of those dots, this is this is simple. This is football, football 101. Yep. You throw it deep a few times, keep the defenses honest, opens things up in the running game, takes guys out of the box. In my two mind. Sa- yep. Two safeties over the top. Yep. In my mind, that's what I'm thinking. In my mind, and, and you have an eight or ten second window to ask a question. In my mind, that's what I'm trying to get across a little bit. Uh, James heard something different, and uh, <laughs> it turned into a debacle. And that was going to be my follow up. You started to answer what ultimately is the problem with the the downfield passing game because it is it's not there, and we've seen them struggle now against Illinois and Northwestern. Sure, they didn't turn the ball over, but Drew Aller was inefficient. He didn't seem like he was on the same page with the wide receivers. I don't think it's because he's wholly inaccurate. I think it's because there's there's something wrong with the chemistry. He is a first-year starter. I don't think people quite remember that. That this is a, Yes, he played a bit his freshman year, more than any freshman as a backup would, but he is a 19-year-old first-year college starter in the Big Ten for, for a top-five team for a college football playoff contending team. And then Dante Cephas is brand new to the system and didn't transfer in out, out of the winter semester into the spring. He transferred in in, Ju- in June. So there, this, and there's not that game changer wide receiver right now. The Keandre Lambert Smith has improved so much and is a number one. But I'm talking about the game changing speed, the over the top speed, the Saeed Blacknells, the KJ Hamlers, those kinds of guys that can take a top off over the defense. I would like to think maybe Keandre Lambert Smith is more than that. It's not, but frankly, it's not. Lambert Smith and Caden Saunders are more of your possession receivers that are good at getting open in tight windows. They're not your game breaker. You send them downfield. But it's Dante Cephas that because they tried it at the tail end of Northwestern. What, what, what is the other issue that's preventing Penn State from opening up a passing attack from what we believe to be a future first overall pick? Yeah, and therein lies the issue because this is a team that I think can win a national championship think the defense is good enough, although we have mm-hmm. to wait and see. They haven't played a great offense or anything like that. But but if they can get if they can get this part, all of this discussion figured out, I think they could win a national championship. You know, and it's been a long, long time since that's been the case. They're not going to win a national championship if they do not possess the ability to throw the ball deep no. on occasion. Uh, my biggest question coming into the season was the wide receiver. Do they have a legitimate Big Ten number one wide receiver? KLS is a good receiver. I do think he's more of a possession receiver. 
-hmm. Getting Trey Wallace back, I do think, is a big factor. That's one of the bigger stories I think maybe that can come out of this week is if he can come back, he plays against UMass, and he's available against Ohio State. Maybe he, maybe he's the guy, Zach. Maybe he's the number one target down the field or something. We'll see. Well, about think, think about that. Let me interject there because against West Virginia, Drew Aller's throwing for three, four touchdowns and 325 yards, and Trey Wallace is on the field for a majority of those Correct. snaps. And we're Changes. finding out we're finding out how good the Mountaineers actually are. Yeah, it changes the whole dynamic. And so maybe we haven't seen a lot of the opportunities down the field because of the personnel situations and obviously the way the defenses are playing them, but not having mm-hmm. Trey Wallace. So um, the question then becomes, can they do it? Okay, just because we haven't seen it yet doesn't mean they can't do it. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to do it at some point, and they haven't done it yet. Are you going to just roll into the into the horseshoe in Columbus and start doing things that you haven't done yet? That's a tough, tough ask. And so that's why this is, to me, this is the biggest issue of the season. What we're talking about here, it's turned into a comical thing, you know, with James's answer and my terrible question. This is this is the season to me. The defense is good enough. The running game is good enough. I do think the offensive line is good enough. And people who say, well, the offensive line hasn't played up to standard yet. Well, how can they when they've got an extra defender or two in the box to stop the run because teams aren't respecting the deep passing game? So you have to add, you have to connect all these dots. You have to add all this stuff up. And if they can get this element figured out, then the sky's the limit for this team. But is it that they're not looking to do it or that Drew is not looking to do it? If he's being a little hesitant, if he's being overprotective of the ball so that he doesn't throw mm-hmm. a turn, throw an interception, that is a question to me because, again, first I think the first series at Northwestern, there were two plays in the first series where they had a guy kind of breaking free a little bit. And whether he saw it or didn't see it in time, um, he didn't throw the ball there. He took a check down. and so. That all of that chemistry stuff, that's going to have to be figured out. There's luck on Nittany Lines with special guest Corey Geiger, an important discussion. How because Penn State, outside of the analytics, if you look at the analytics, they are outside the top 25 in just terms of efficiency. And that's not national championship caliber when Michigan is in the top 10, Oklahoma's in the top 10, and other schools that yes, they've lost, but Texas is still up there. Alabama's up there as well. Penn State kind of, they're not on the first page. You got to do an extra search when you go by the offense of the analytics. When it comes to defense, Penn State, uh, number one in the secondary, they are top three. Michigan does actually have the top overall defense according to those numbers. We'll pick up this conversation as far as the national spotlight because, Corey, uh, against your better wishes, you were featured on Barstool and you were featured on ESPN, the Pat McAfee show. Let's discuss that. In just a moment, but first, we're going to hear from one of our sponsors of today's episode, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when all you do is place a $5 bet. It's that easy. It's that simple. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options to play from. Spread, total, money line, over-unders, so much more. Player props, you name it. 
FanDuel.com is the place to go. And Penn State taking on UMass. They are a 43-point favorite total set at 54. If you like either of those, you can bet it over at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off college football. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And the Locked On Podcast Network amps up its college football coverage on every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, the show devoted to all things college football. You get the preview of the weekend slate of games, headlines, maybe that if Penn State's going to be discussed because they are a college football playoff contender, maybe, Corey, you get on to another show, not as nationally well-recognized, but a point of discussion to, to say the least, but that is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, where you can find it all across every Locked On College YouTube channel, including Locked On Nittany Lions, and then find it wherever you get your podcast after 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time when it is live. Corey, national spotlight, Barstool circulated the tweet, whatever we're, po- the X post, whatever we're calling it now, and then Pat McAfee, because that show, it's it's more about, yes, there is sports discussion, sports debate, but I think a lot of it is sports culture, sports banter, former Penn State Nittany Lion, A.Q. Shipley uh, is on that show, featured on that show. What what has the national spotlight done here? I've seen a lot of your personal posts go viral. I think I know the one statement that talked about the severity and the backlash of this incident. I had almost a million impressions the last time I looked at it, but uh, articles that you were talking about, points about Penn State were getting tens of thousands of views, impressions. So there's that, that's, there's that line of, is all publicity good publicity? I, the, the national spotlight, how, how did it, how did it, how did you take it all in when, when all was said and done, especially after being featured on ESPN for two minutes? Let me say that the video is funny. All right. I, I'm not somebody that's offended by much of anything. That's the mm-hmm. only people. The only thing that offends me is people who wake up every day looking to be offended by something. All right, so I consider myself uh, easygoing. I try to laugh yeah. things off and and just roll with the flow. The video's funny. I've seen it literally fifty times, and I chuckle at it because hey, James is James is funny in it. It's uh, what he says. You're you're from Mars. You're speaking mm-hmm. Japanese. Hey, that's making funny. me uncomfortable. Making me uncomfortable. My skin is curling. Yeah, that's. Uh, then I have to remember, I'm the idiot that he's talking about. <laughs> all right, so, uh, all right. So, my feeling on it is this: his reaction made it a funny video that went viral. Mm-hmm. I've gotten hammered for asking a stupid question. And while I will admit a billion times, I should have worded it better. If you know Penn State football, you know what I was talking about. Yep. Anybody who understands this team, Trace McSorley, and everything in between knows the gist of what I was saying. All right. And so Josh Pate, it was on late kick with Josh Pate. Mm Mm-hmm. He ripped me for say, oh, you know, doubling down. Hey, if the guy's not open at 30 yards, throw it. Maybe he's open at 45 yards. That's that's basic offensive football there. I mean, that's yep. that's what that's what quarterbacks do. You don't throw to an open guy, you throw to a spot. 
And let's take a quick break in the show to hear from another one of our great sponsors, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy to post a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job and the purple hiring frame to let people know that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates that are just right for you, that have the right skills, that have the right experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And again, I kind of get back to Drew in a couple of years. He's going to be in the NFL, and he's probably never going to have an open receiver. He's going to have to throw to a spot because that's what quarterbacks have to do. Mm-hmm. So just the sheer football element of it, Mm-hmm. while it was not worded well, was very easy to understand. And so I will give Pat McAfee credit. He's one of the few that I saw. He actually said, I think I quote like, hey, I know what that dude was alluding to. And I think he went up and said, you know, I've had coaches say, you know, we got to throw the ball deep once a quarter just to keep defenses honest. So the disconnect is, what I asked, was it truly as bad as getting 50,000 people contacting me saying I'm a freaking moron? And so that's what I have to weigh. They're reacting to James's funny video. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It was funny. But if you watched Penn State in 2016 you know exactly what I was talking about because we've, we've seen that. And so for James to say, we've never done that, never. Okay, we could be splitting hairs in terms of what your goal trying to do that was versus what actually mm-hmm. happened pragmatically. To me, and I think most people, that's kind of what it looked like you were doing in 2016. So the, the, the whole thing about all publicity is good publicity I don't necessarily agree with that because okay. here's what ha- here's what happens. Zach. All right. So it's funny and it goes out in the world and that's fine. But then the world turns on you. And I, I, you, you mentioned the, the one tweet had a million impressions. I've literally, I've literally seen 50,000 messages about me. Most ripping me. All right. Nobody's nobody's prepared for that in life. Well, hey, you 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 sports writers, you can rip coaches. You got to be ready to get ripped yourself. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. I'll take that. I'm a Joe Schmo man. I I I live in a little neighborhood. I I got a mortgage to pay. I need a job to pay my bills. I take my kids to school. I coach little league. I I'm not equipped to have fifty thousand people rip the hell out of me like I make $9 million a year. And there were four of those 50,000 that told me to kill myself. I'm not equipped for that. I don't know how many people 
are equipped for that. So I'm trying to layer this for people. Not everything in life. I say I've hosted radio in Central PA for 14 years. My number one thing that I talk about is not everything's black and white. Not everything is you're right, you're wrong, you're funny, you're a moron. There's mm -hmm. there's gray areas all between. The video was funny. I laugh at it myself. If that would have been it in the age before Twitter, none of this was, is really that big of a deal. When tens of thousands of people pile on you and make you feel worthless, um, that's why we have stories like Naomi Osaki, the, Osaki, the tennis player mm -hmm. with yep. mental health and athletes talking about mental health. Hey, I might be just some idiot sports writer that if I'm going to criticize James Franklin, I've got to be able to take it as well. Yeah. But I'm also still just a human being. And I don't think I don't, the, the, there are very few people in this world that are in position in their lives, no matter who they are to just be destroyed by tens of thousands of people and people telling you to kill yourself. That is not a natural thing. And it led to a tough couple of days. And so, yep. you know, that's, that's really trying to tell both sides of the story. I'll own it. I asked a stupid question. Fine. Did I deserve to have my life destroyed because of it? I, I don't think so. And that's, and that's just it. I don't think people understand. I'd like to see some of those people cover sports themselves and go up to the microphone. I know this. I know that you were on Zoom that day. That's not my point. I'm not splitting hairs about this. But in a post-game press conference, when you have to ask the tough questions, especially if the result, it's all fun in games when, that's the thing, James Franklin is like this right now because they're winning. They're top five. He feels probably the best that he's felt about a team in a long time since 2016, 2017, and 2018. It's been, it was, there were some, at least the 2020 and 2021, were some eh, not so good teams, right? Those were some bad seasons, and we know the circumstances, especially around 2020. But Penn State was set back as a football program, right? But it was not fun to ask questions in some of these press conferences. So I pose to those people who really think it's that easy to just ask a question and ask it well and, and expect a, a good dialogue. Again, for any coach, it's not about James Franklin, but I say that. How about you ask a question to James Franklin? in a heated in a heated moment Corey, you're not the only person that james franklin's given an answer to that's a little it's a little sharp it's a little stern or it's unserious me, or it's not the way that this. you want it to go if i can say this zach i i do yeah. have great respect for james because i've done yeah. this for more than 30 years for instance i'm a syracuse basketball fan jim Beheim would bite reporters heads off all the time mm -hmm. needlessly he was a gigantic jerk to a lot of the reporters that covered Syracuse basketball. He would embarrass them and 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 turn a simple question into some foolish thing. And, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying that as a Syracuse fan. Okay. Bill Bill how about Bill Belichick? Right. Uh, Bob I would never want to I would never want to ask him questions. Right. Bob Knight used to do it. Um Jim Calhoun, how Jim Calhoun used to do it at UConn. James has never really done that. I I I, mm -hmm. I think James is as good in press conferences as there is anywhere. I mean, James is fantastic. He he really is. I've got a lot of respect for James. He's incredibly smart. He's incredibly mm -hmm. consistent. He does not give bulletin board material. The whole thing with the schedule this week, he wasn't given Michigan bulletin board material. He was 
saying what Michigan's doing is actually right. I mean, James is James is a very, very smart guy. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. He's been asked many thousands of questions. He has always given the the reporter the benefit of the doubt. He's not looking to embarrass anybody. I didn't really get that benefit of the doubt on Tuesday. And mm-hmm. again, I will say it for the 50th time. I, I did not ask the question the right way. But I was surprised I didn't really get much benefit of the doubt from James because he's been asked far worse questions than that. And he will typically toe the line and, and will be mm-hmm. respectful and let you let you know. <laughs> let you know in a subtle way. He might get upset. I, look, I've I've probed, I've asked James difficult questions before, and he hasn't liked them, but he's never started saying things like that's Japanese or you're from Mars, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of video that will just embarrass somebody. So to try to parse this, I will say that he he is really good in, in those settings. And so maybe I let my guard down and uh, did not think the question through as well as I needed to. What happened was I was going to – you get called on in these Zoom things, and I'm mm-hmm. usually about the last person on the Zoom to get called on Tuesday. Then they go to the reporters in the room. And I was going to ask a question about the defense. I was going to ask him how the defensive pressure and turnovers help the offense. Okay. Then Mark Wogenrich had just asked a question about Drew Aller in the deep passing game. Yeah. And this is where I aired. I had a question written down. Usually we read our questions verbatim. I kind of winged it with a follow-up yeah. to, to Mark questions, Mark Wogenrich's question right before me. Uh, did not word it the right way, but I, I've probably had, had 10 years of doing this where, hey, even if you mess up a question, you kind of trust James that he's not going to humiliate you or anything like that because he's mm-hmm. he's really good at that. And then I uh, I happen to be in, in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong question. So there's some background of how it all happened. I'm surprised it happened. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, Again, anybody that knows Penn State football, they know what I was trying to ask. Yeah. So to just get dunked on by all these sports hosts around the country who just are agreeing with James Franklin because it's funny. Look, bottom line is they'd better damn well do what I said or what I was talking about against Ohio State and Michigan. Because if you don't, you're going to lose those games. All right. So, like I said, this is the biggest issue of the season. You've got to open things up, you've got to get some things going overall offensively if you're going to beat those teams and compete for a national championship. Um, and I, I think most Penn State fans understand that. So, Corey, I appreciate your perspective and coming on to the show to talk about all of this, the the fun side of it, right? It was supposed to be fun. It really was. And then it got very serious with the way that it turned and people just seemed to have lost uh, all self-control. But I appreciate the transparency. And it, you Kind of went into it here already with the the third bullet point on the screen, the third segment itself, and that was your relationship with with James Franklin and covering Penn State because you've covered Penn State for a long time. You covered Joe Paterno. You covered Penn State at the height of the the sanctions themselves and the scandal. And then James Franklin with all of the coaching rumors, right, that he's going to Florida, he's going to USC, he's going to LSU, he's going everywhere. He's not staying at Penn State. And the consistent has been, He's stayed at Penn State. So you've taken on the tough topics that Penn State fans and Penn State reporters don't exactly like talking about. I'll say that. James Franklin, I mentioned at the top of the show, and this was something you already put out there, that he called you 
to have a discussion and conversation with you. How did that go? He did. And I have tremendous appreciation and respect for James doing that. He did not have to. He's the CEO of a football program that's worth probably close to a billion dollars. They've got 100 plus employees. He's he's getting ready for a football game. I Part of me feels bad that James has had to deal with this himself to a degree because this, I mean, this was on the front page of Fox News, for goodness sake, which is ridiculous. But mm-hmm. um, he, I think they saw the tweet that I put out that, you know, people wishing I was dead, that kind of thing. And then I had a co- tough couple of days. And so I appreciate James for reaching out and just offering some words of encouragement. We had a nice little football discussion. I'll keep that to myself. We're not always going to agree or disagree on everything, but uh, mm-hmm. you know what? Leadership, Zach, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of leadership and respect. I tell my kids every day, be a good leader. That's really my motto in life. Be a good leader. I do think James Franklin is a good leader, a good person, a good representative for Penn State. And uh, he showed me a lot of humanity by taking a few minutes to to call me. And that was very much appreciated. Because hey, fans out there might think, oh, you made national news. This that that's pretty cool to be on Pat Mac. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not it's under really these hard. circumstances. It's not really. <laughs> is there, do you feel like you do, this is the last question I had in the bank. Do you feel like you ask the, the toughest questions, the ones that do actually make coaches, whether it's, I don't care if it's James Franklin, you drop yourself in any other setting. Do you feel like you do out of the entire Penn State media, the Penn State, and I all, there are a lot of respectable reporters. It's not to, to poke at anybody else that covers this team. But do you feel like you ask the questions that some people hesitate to? Uh, I'm I'm one of those people. I don't always ask the toughest ones, and and because I'm not at every press conference, I don't go to all mm-hmm. the Wednesday press conferences, for instance. Um, I I am one of the group of reporters that, for a long, long time, has kind of been relied upon to make sure a a tough subject is broached. Audrey Snyder, Ben Jones, Neil Riddell, Dave Jones, Mark Brennan, Rich Scarcella. Um, I'm naming some pros of pros. These are terrific journalists. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Joe Giuliano used to cover them for the Philadelphia Inquirer. There, there are a handful of us, and I, I hate to leave out a few people, um, but there are, there are 10, 12, 15 of us that we, we are – hardcore journalists we're not sports fans in the room we're hardcore journalists and we know that the questions have to be asked and i've always been in that group and uh um i take a lot of pride in being a good journalist uh, and i take a lot of pride in making sure the questions that have to be asked are asked and a lot of times somebody else will ask the main two or three questions or whatever and i get to throw a softball question or what have you but if something needs to be addressed, I, I'm definitely one of the group and always have been uh, that will ask those kinds of questions. Now, whether I always will be that guy, I've thought about that a lot over the past couple of days because um, it's been pretty tough to go through this, and I, I certainly don't want to go through it again. So we all battle our inner truths of what we're trying to accomplish and get by, but we also have to live our lives and get through our, our daily grind as well. And uh, life is easier when I don't have thousands of people coming. Corey, I really appreciate the time. I appreciate 
everything that you've laid out for us to give us the full picture that was definitely not painted within a two minute two minute snapshot uh, from from a Tuesday press conference where you can't even be seen. It's just it's just James Franklin talking at a, a Zoom call there. But I'm glad things were mended. I'm glad that you are safe and well and healthy. There is no place in at Penn State in college football, in sports fandom, sports enjoyment for those people that want to take this stuff to a, a, a lower level. It's not it's not a higher level. It's a lower level. And I, I hope you make out well with it. And I'm, like I said, very appreciative that you came on this show to talk about just that in depth. Thank you. Corey. And, I, and I'm glad you asked me. This is really my first chance to be able to do this. This this helps me out a lot personally. So I appreciate it, Zach.